AgriTalk is brought to you by Full Scale from Helena. Grow Strong returns this season with breakthrough foliar nutrition from Full Scale at Reproduction. And by Propane. Propane is the energy for everyone, especially farmers. Environmentally friendly propane can fuel most anything on the farm. See how at propane.com. If you tuned in to this morning's broadcast, you might recall it was a smattering of good news tempered with a realistic outlook on the energy markets. Feels like the markets kind of acted the same way with most of the grains mostly recovering somewhat. We'll tap into where we stand and what to do about it straight ahead. Live from the other side of the hump, mostly. Via Farm Journal broadcast, this is AgriTalk. This afternoon, it's a conversation with Chris Barron from Carson Barron Farms and AgView Solutions. Right after the news, Oliver Slope from Blue Line Futures. I'm your outstanding host, Davis Michelson, standing in for Chip Flory. Chip will be back tomorrow afternoon. In the meantime, welcome to AgriTalk. I'm so glad you've chosen to spend some time with us today. I hope all is well on your end. Uh, yeah, so this morning, a, a conversation, we started talking land with Mike Walston, and then we moved on to fertilizer with Josh Linville. Now, both of their outlooks were were fairly positive, fairly positive, and then we got to Phil Flynn, who's a little bit concerned about these oil markets. If you didn't get a chance to listen to this morning's show, I might uh, I might recommend. It was a good show. Lots in there. Lots to think about whether you're whether you're uh, thinking about buying or selling land, whether you're thinking about buying or selling fertilizer or corn or beans or whatever. Um, and then you know, energy is always a good thing to stay on top of. Phil had some very interesting thoughts, and uh, I I think you won't be disappointed if you go there and give it a listen. Uh, the markets recovered sort of ish. Um, we got corn. To close on the top side of unchanged, which is always great. Uh, beans down double digits. The whole soybean complex was just lower all day long. I mentioned it this morning, but meal and oil were both lower. Uh, wheat futures, yeah, double digit losses there. But you kind of got to feel like it could have been worse in the wheats. And then the livestocks, the fat cattle and feeder cattle, both higher on the day. I would call it moderately to maybe a little more than moderately higher lean hogs. The only decliner in the lean hogs was the front month December contract down 60 cents. Um, other than that, we're all green on the lean hog contracts. Cotton had a bit of a rough day, a moderately rough day. And here's your crude oil down $3.75 at 81.84 in the December. Uh, Chris Barron is my guest today. Be looking forward to the conversation with him, and uh, we'll uh, we'll dig deep into the budgets, into the spreadsheets, and into uh, all kinds of stuff. And of course, Oliver Slope. Right after today's news, where soft red wheat futures traded to near two and one half month lows, with hard red and spring wheat also under pressure after the extension of the Ukraine export agreement eased supply concerns. Poor export demand was also weighing on futures. USDA reported net weekly U.S. wheat sales of 290,000 metric tons down from the previous week and at the low end of expectations. 
Strategy Grains, meanwhile, raised its 22-23 European Union wheat production forecast by 100 million metric tons. That would still be down 3.2% from last year. December hard red winter wheat futures, 17 and one half cents lower, 938. December soft red wheat softened to 10 and three quarter cents, 806 and three quarters. At last report, December spring wheat, 953 and one half, down 12 cents. Corn futures paired early session losses, which were in response to word of the extended Ukraine grain export deal. USDA reported net U.S. corn sales during the weekend of November 10 of 1.17 million metric tons, more than quadruple the tally from the previous week and in the upper end of expectations. Strategy Grains raised its 22-23 European Union corn crop estimate to 50.8 million metric tons. That would also be down from last year 27.6% below the EU corn crop from last year. December corn futures were two and one half, uh, one quarter cents higher, 667 and one half. March corn gained one and one half cents to 669. July corn futures closed at 661 and one half. That's up three quarters of one cent. Soybeans also finished off session lows. Early pressure came from crude oil's tumble to a three week low as Malaysian palm oil values also softened. Mostly favorable South American weather is also weighing on the soy complex. USDA reported net weekly U.S. soybean sales of 3.03 million metric tons. That's also nearly quadrupled the previous week and well above expectations. Uh, in fact, those sales at 3.03 million metric tons were the largest for any single week, excluding market year rollovers since the week ended September 17 of 2020. Today, Jan beans 12 and one quarter cents lower, 1417. March beans down 12 and a half cents to 1422 and one quarter. July soybeans closed at 1430 and three quarters down 12 cents today. December cotton 140 points lower, 8704. On the livestock side, live cattle futures climbed near highs for the week as a tight supply outlook bolstered expectations for strength in the cash market. Feeder cattle gained support from weakness in corn prices. December cattle were 95 cents higher at 152.75. April live cattle gained a dollar 17 and one half to 158.90. January feeders were two dollars 50 cents higher, 179.97 and one half. Had an interesting conversation speaking of this morning's show uh, with Greg Henderson from Drovers. He was talking about the USDA forecast for a 7% decline in total uh, beef production for the coming year, for 2023. However, um, he pointed to carcass weights that might be able to mitigate some of that decline. And in fact, as numbers begin to tighten already, we're seeing carcass weights offset some of the, the uh, lighter, tighter numbers. And uh, so we'll be looking into 23 for that. Lean hog futures finished firmer with the exception of the nearby December contract as sideways trade extended and weakness in the cash market limited buying interest. December hogs were 60 cents lower, 84.97 and one half. And April hogs added 37 and one half cents to 96 bucks even. It looks like what we need to do now is wish Mr. Oliver Slope from Blue Line Futures a happy Thanksgiving. Unable to join us today. Dude's got a lot going on. Um, he he just mentioned he's he on. Just, he's just he's on. on next hey, week. oh, we've got him. We've got him. Hey, oh, 
Let's you get you write me off Slope like that, now, man. From Blue Line Futures, here comes Oliver Slope, everybody. Hey, Oliver, sorry about that. I misread the note here on the thing. Hey, no, talk no, about- no, that's all right. How are we doing? Do- doing really great. Talk about the markets, bro. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's nice to see corn and beans come off those overnight lows. Obviously, we got the overnight news uh, with regards to the grain deal being extended 120 days. And that I, I thought that was largely baked into the cake. Apparently it wasn't. We sold off overnight. Maybe some algos trading on those headlines that I don't think were necessarily new. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we got some decent export data, which I thought would have been a little bit more friendly right out of the gates at the 830 open. It really didn't give us much momentum, but we did start to find some buying in the afternoon trade, which I think is encouraging. Uh, we found support at the 100-day moving average for both corn and soybeans, so hopefully that can continue to hold. We're also looking at some seasonal tendencies for corn and beans. Yesterday, uh, seasonal started for both of them in the March contract uh, for corn specifically from November 16th to January 4th. We've trended higher for 13 out of the last 15 years. And for soybeans, that's November 16th to January 9th. We've been higher for 14 out of the last 15 years. So I, I think that there's a little bit of value here. I don't know that we're going to be screaming away to the upside, but I I'll think say it now. Happy Thanksgiving, corn. Oliver. Thanks. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now, you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. We don't make the news, we render it. Agritalk. Welcome back to Agritalk, everybody. I've had a chance to clean my glasses. We're we're ready to go. Um, let's uh, let's bring in Chris Barron from Carson Barron Farms and uh, begin the conversation. Chris, welcome to Agritalk. Thank you so much for being with us today. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you, David? Really good. Really good. I think I'm okay. I think I'm okay. We're doing all right. Well, that's good. We want to make sure you're doing good. I appreciate that. I appreciate you're, that. You're surviving without tip anyway. That's good. I'm trying. I'm barely holding on if I'm being honest, Chris. If I <laughs> No, we're keeping it together. That's all right. Um I I do of course want to uh want to give you a chance to dive deep into your findings for AgView Solutions um, on kind of where our heads should be at for the coming year, for what we're doing right now. Um, but first, I know that you've <laughs> you've got quite the footprint in the United States military, and uh, there's an awful lot of military stuff going on sort of up in the air 
these days. I I wonder if you have any thoughts on the uh, the Russia Ukraine situation, maybe maybe on China Taiwan. Any any thoughts at all? Well, if I told you, I'd have to kill you. So um, <laughs> no, I I you know you, you're right. I mean, we're pretty fortunate as a family. We've got uh, a couple of. Um, sons that were Marines and we've got one that's still uh, in the National Guard, Shay, and, and uh, works with us in Agview and he's he's uh, getting ready to go spend another month um, playing, playing Army here too. But uh, no, I, I honestly, you know, this thing, it seems like every time there's a headline, it, it's just a market mover. And I don't know that anybody can predict any predict anything. You know, you just don't know with Putin from one second to the next. And I think that presents probably the biggest case for why we need to do what we are going to talk about here in a bit is managing your margins and do what you can do that is a known as opposed to the question you asked me, nobody knows, right? I mean, it's right. just, it's just up in the air and, and you could be the most informed military person uh, with all the intel on the planet and you still don't know what's between the ears of Putin and what could happen what he could do or what he might do and that's that's the threat i think to all of us that that we need to be cognizant of absolutely and and i think you hit the nail on the head when you when you mentioned the way the the headlines kind of want to chase this news if we look at the on again off again yes we'll we'll extend the grain export deal no we're not going to yes we will no we won't and I, and i've also heard a, a spectrum of opinions on mr putin's position uh all the way from this guy's running World War II era tanks into battle and that's all he's got to uh be careful. He's former KGB, yeah. he's sly as a fox, and you you just don't yep. know. Yeah. And when there's potential nukes involved and things like that, that's why right. all it takes is a headline to move everything. You know, this just the threat is incomprehensible. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and as long as that's an unknown, I think that's just something that, that we got to, again, plan for those things that we can plan for and, and, and do what we can do on the farm and control those controllables. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about what, what you've been doing on the farm. Iowa growing conditions were all over the place. Some places had it just right. Hit the sweet spot rain wise, temperature wise, sunshine wise. <laughs> Other spots you find dry spots you find it was too wet. Uh, how how'd you come out on your acres? Yeah, so for those that don't know, we're we're located in northeast Iowa, where actually our farm ground is at, and and um, kind of between that Waterloo and Cedar Rapids corridor in 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 northeast north central Iowa, and we basically um, we thought we were in a garden spot. I mean, everybody. Um, talked about our area that that east central Iowa being kind of perfect because we got all the rain well we also planted a lot later and so because of that those later planting dates um, when we had that September freeze which didn't catch everybody we had a lot of clients north of us that didn't get it um, and, and it was I think around the 20th of something like that of September we still had a lot of really green corn and we had perfect rain perfect weather set up for probably the biggest crop ever and uh, that frost basically took corn that was green from the ground to the 
to the top of the plant and turned it brown in about two days. And so it, oh, it scraped about 20 bushel of yield off the top of us in our operation. And then typically, like in our farm, we usually, you know, we'll maybe use, you know, like around that 40,000 gallon of LP this year, we used closer to 57,000. I mean, it's throwing some granular numbers wow. out there, but you know, we yeah, use yeah. a lot more LP and, and, and I can, I could, um, almost throw a rock to the west of where we're at. And a lot of those guys were harvesting, you know, 14% corn at the end of harvest. And mm-hmm. I don't think we ever had anything any drier than about 18%. It was just, just one of those years and then that stuff when it gets gets shut off early it dries hard too so not complaining we had a a great crop what we hear from our clients is like you said kind of all over the board i mean you go out to nebraska and out west and kansas and those guys a lot of our clients in those areas the dry land was basically zero in a lot of areas and the and the irrigated stuff was way off pace and and then you can, you know, head west and go into Illinois and Indiana. And there were some places that they had records upon records. And I don't know, this, you tell me this, this uh, next report will be interesting and, um, you know, kind of see what they do with the yield. Um, the demand side of the picture is going to have to carry the market forward now, I think, as much as anything. But um, mm-hmm. we're really, really all over the board this year. Um, and you can see it in basis too. I mean, the, the basis numbers that we're hearing from our clients from one area to another, you know, can be a dollar difference, not that far away. So I think, you know, the thing I've learned from just talking to a lot of our clients is make some phone calls within wherever your semis can reach, because mm. you might be surprised what basis opportunity you can get. Um, you know, it's worth, it's worth making phone calls now <laughs> Yeah. To, to find out maybe maybe you truck west and you should be trucking east or vice versa you know it's just mm-hmm. um there's some pretty good opportunities out there as basis changes well let's let's continue to speak just a little bit broadly before we dig down um uh, to the minutia of your thoughts um a big topic of conversation has been shifting over the last few days here on agritalk um, and it sort of started with let's not get complacent with these markets. A guy can do a whole heck of a lot worse than than what you can get right now. However, there's enough unknown supplies are tight enough uh, looking forward that some are now saying eh, let's let's be a little conservative. Let's let's be slow to come to market. Where might you fall on that spectrum? Just generally. Uh, well, generally speaking, I'll first say the obvious, which is every operation is unique and different and has to do what makes sense for them financially and fiscally. But I would say that, you know, for me, I want to see, um, I, I, I basically want to see the margin objective that I have in place achieved. And, you know, um, you guys are real familiar with Joe Vaklovic. Um, him and I have mm-hmm. talked a number of times and one of his questions, which I'm just going to steal from him right now, is 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 seven dollar corn not enough? And huh. you know, I think for most farm operations, it is enough. And a lot of farm operations, almost probably 99% of our clients, you know, if you just use use that price for corn and a relative price for you know soybeans and wheat and your other grains, kind of the same deal. You know, that's presenting a record 
profit margin for most operations. I guarantee you there's somebody listening here that's like, well, that's not going to do it for me because the yield wasn't there and the insurance wasn't there enough. But yeah, that guy listens always every day. He, he listens every day. So don't yeah. worry about him. Yeah. And, and, yeah. And he's the one that will email me too. <laughs> that's right. But, you know, exactly. But, Tell but him you I know, said generally hi. speaking, uh-huh. yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll do that. I'll give him your email. So, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's just, one of those things where, you know, I think we got to be real care- careful to manage those two incredible things, which guide our, our marketing called fear and greed. And I think, you know, we don't want to be too afraid of missing out. And we also don't want to be too greedy. And, you know, when you can look at profit margins, what we're seeing is a, as a pretty big range and we can get in details more later here, but we're seeing a pretty big profit range in that, you know, some operations as much as a 50% ROI, which is unbelievably good. Hadn't seen that since 2012. And we're seeing some operations strongly in the high 20s. And that's where, you know, a lot of them are in between those two. Very few are below that. So it's just, you know, it's just something where you got to look in the mirror and say, why would you pass up a gift horse in the mouth? I mean, it just looks really good. All right. Um, wow. That was really great. I, I took a lot of notes on what you just said, and we're going to circle back to that and make it practical with Chris Barron from AgView Solutions here on AgriTalk. Glad that you've tuned in. Stick around through these words for more AgriTalk. You always play to win, so you know power of the home field advantage. And that's exactly what you get when you choose Dynagrow Seed. With Dynagrow, you get access to hybrids and varieties tried and tested in your local area for consistent performance year over year over year. Book your seed today and get the home field advantage working for you. Dynagrow Seed, at home on any acre. Time now for news of note from Pro Farmer. The deal allowing Ukrainian exports of grain from Black Sea ports was extended for 120 days. The UN Secretary General said the UN is, quote, fully committed to removing the remaining obstacles to exporting food and fertilizers from the Russian Federation. Turkish President Erdogan suggested Russian grain exports could be processed into flour in Turkey, then shipped to Africa. China sold all 40,000 metric tons of state-owned wheat reserves put up for auction. Goldman Sachs Group said they now anticipate the Fed boosting the key rate to a range of 5 to 5.25%. That's up from their previous call. Chinese regulators have asked commercial banks to report on their ability to meet short-term obligations. News of note is taken from the pages of ProFarmer. Get more news at TryProFarmer.com. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now, you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. 
The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. Opinions expressed on AgriTalk do not necessarily reflect the views of Farm Journal Broadcasting, affiliate stations, or sponsors. The best talkers in ag, including you. Join the conversation on AgriTalk. Call us at 855-4-TALK-AG. Welcome back to AgriTalk, everybody. Your pal, Davis Michelson here. We've got Chris Barron, I'm going to ask him to put on his AgView Solutions cap now. We're going to get going to get into it right after we take a look at how the markets perform today. December hard red winter wheat futures, 17 and one half cents, lower 938. December soft red wheat down 10 and three quarter cents, 806 and three quarters. And December spring wheat closed 953 and three quarters. That's down 11 and three quarter cents on the day, all told. December corn futures, two and one quarter cents higher, 667 and one half. July corn futures closed at 661 and one half. That's up three quarters of one cent. January beans 12 and one quarter cents lower, 1417. July soybeans closed at 1430 and three quarters, down 12 cents today. December cotton 140 points lower, 8704. On the livestock side, December cattle 95 cents higher, 152.75. January feeder futures two dollars fifty cents higher one seventy nine ninety seven and one half, and December lean hog futures sixty cents lower eighty four ninety seven and a half. There's your quick market recap. Let's get back to the conversation with Chris Barron. Uh, Chris, you you brought up some some excellent things to think about. Um, let's let's talk about seven dollar corn. And you pulled out uh, Varsity Joe Vaklovic's quote. Is seven dollar corn not enough? Well, in in some cases, the way that inputs look like, um, <laughs> seven dollar corn ain't what it used to be. No, it's not. But what I'm I'm gonna I'll go on a tangent here for a minute if that's okay. So do it. Yeah. Um, and, and and as Joe always says, uh, this is not advice. But <laughs> but what I'm gonna <laughs> okay. point out here is you know and and we're pretty blessed we get to see a lot of cash flows we get to see a lot of marketing um we get to see a lot of margin in in results on the margin side of the business and um one of the things that we're looking at right now that's been kind of a big deal is you know and it's it's not new news you know interest rates have been going up and many of the farm operations are going to need the cash flow obviously we've improved working capital in many of the operations however line of credit is a real thing um a lot of the farm operations even though they're in a pretty good cash position are also if they're sitting on a lot of grain need to look in the mirror and ask okay what is the impact of sitting on this grain hoping for a better Mm -hmm. price knowing all of the knowns now in other words you know your yield you know what you spent we're talking 22 crop right now we'll get to 23 in a minute but you know looking at 22 crop those are all known and so i'm going to give you some specific examples of this let's say that that in your farm operation you're paying five and a quarter on your line of credit which is 
you know, that's reasonable. If you're sitting on six, six and a quarter, and let's just say 625 corn, you know, cash on farm where you would be, and I know it's different everywhere, but let's just say that number, let's say 100,000 bushels sitting there and it's unpriced. Well, the opportunity cost or the cost of that per day, that's $85 a day. Okay. If it's, it's $2,500 a month to mm. sit on that. So you got to, you need to also look at this, you know, because what we think of is, well, that's two and a half or two and three quarter cents a month. Well, it is, but we need to dial these things into hard numbers, you know, and, and, and I guarantee you there's somebody listening to this, that their, their uh, interest rate, their line of credit interest rate is probably closer to seven. Sure. And if it's at 7%, that's yeah. 120 bucks a day. That's $3,600 a month. So, you know, that, that equates also to, you know, in most farm operations, if you're sitting on corn, it's probably costing you 10, 10 to 12 bucks an acre per month to sit on it. So one of the things that we do is we try to help people with perspective and it's not giving advice. I'm not saying, oh, we need to sell. Cause I mean, I don't know, maybe we're going to go to eight. I don't know. Maybe we'll go to 10. Who knows? Yeah. Nobody knows, but we do know what our costs are. There are the knowns. And if we can sit down and make sure we plug those in. And then a lot of guys are sitting on some beans this year. You know, there's more beans in the bin in some of our, at least in some of our clients than what we've seen in years past. Um, just because of where basis was at with corn, people were moving some corn and holding on to a few more beans or whatever. Um, you know, the river being low and some of those things. So people were holding on to some things. You know, you, you throw 40,000 bushel in there at 14 bucks on that same farm, you know, um, at five and a quarter percent interest, there's another 42 bucks a day. So you combine those and you start looking at your holistic crop for both of those at 5%, there's 125 bucks a day for that 40,000 bushel of beans and 100,000 bushel of corn sitting there. So the, so the, the thing that I like to point out is, is we always, every year pretty much look for how do we capture the carry right how much carry is in there now not very good and so you know i think we have to kind of recalibrate our thinking a little bit and say okay how do we you know how do we manage the cost of carry because now all of a sudden we have a cost to carry it and does it mean that the market am i saying the market's not going to go up no i'm not saying that but i'm saying there are some knowns here. And if we don't manage the knowns, um, we can drive in the ditch occasionally. And we're sitting here, like I said in the last segment, we're sitting here looking at some pretty amazing price levels. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be a record for a lot of farm operations. So that's my soapbox on just understanding. And I've got a, if anybody wants it, I'll send it to them. I mean, email me at um, C. Barron at agviewsolutions.com. I'll send you the interest rate cost calculator, or you could email Shay. You can look us up on ag, ag, uh, agviewsolutions.com. Um, I'll send that out. It's a it's an interest rate um, cost carrying calculator where you basically plug in your bushels, you and you plug in your current price opportunity, and it shows you at every interest level where you would be. And that's all I ask people to do is just is measure these knowns and pay attention to it. I think it's so critical. Well, because that was going to be my question. When you first started, I was thinking, oh, well, this 
this is based on the assumption that interest rates, and which, by the way, would probably be a safe one, that interest rates are just going to continue to climb at least for a little while here. But I really like where you ended up with a tool that will allow someone to plug in, okay, so what if they? What if interest rates get completely crazy? What if they kind of stay the same? What if they drop? And and it gives gives someone a chance to really get their heads around what they're looking at in those different scenarios, rather than having to make assumptions about an unknown. Right. And what we see now, if we look at you know, and we can get into what we're seeing for cost increases here in a minute on a couple of the line items. But as far as interest rates go, we're seeing that is is probably the highest cost increase as a as an individual line item expense. Mm. And, you know, and, and whether go, rates go up more or not, I don't know, maybe they'll start to level off, who knows. But, you know, if they level off even, they're, they're significantly higher for, for pretty much all of us that are borrowing money on line of credit anyway versus, you know, two years ago, we were, most of us were in the, you know, high twos, low threes, and now most everybody's in the mid fives Mm -hmm. and, and there's some operations out there in the sevens and, you know, and it just kind of depends on how much you're borrowing and what your, your, you know, your financial condition is as to what the lenders can do. But I, I just, I just think that's such a big thing to consider um, and we can talk about land and equipment, some other stuff here too, if you want to. In a minute. Yeah. Um, I guess I would just, I would question out loud. Um, if we're looking at a farmer who's had a 20, maybe a 30, maybe a 40 year career in farming, still mid 5% interest rate on average is that not too bad? Is it kind of in the ballpark of maybe a, a 20 or 30 year average rate? It is, but the average listener here is probably quite a bit younger than that and probably yeah. hasn't experienced, you know, yeah. you know, yeah. and I'm, let's see how old I remember how old I am. I'm 56. I remember the eighties as a high school kid. Mm-hmm. And I remember, you know, 18, 19%. Well, that's a killer. I mean, I, my, my chart doesn't even go that high. Right. You, you could change the numbers to, to that. I don't, I don't think we have that threat. Um, but on the same token, you know, it's, again, it's just measuring these things from a couple of different angles, d- depending on whatever line item you're, you're analyzing, I think is, is pretty critical because it, it goes right back to your original question. You know, um, do we sit on this or do we, do we deliver it? And I think, mm-hmm that answer needs to come from us as producers, as our own executive business person in, in our, in our operation to, to make that decision informed and off of the numbers, as opposed to trying to guess the market. Cause I don't know of anybody that knows for sure what the market's going to go. So if you can do it by managing that, you know, identifying that margin opportunity, that's, that's where the, where the rubber meets the road. Well, yeah. And you know, it's, it's almost like, uh, Chip and I talk about quite frequently, you, you, you've got to avoid making decisions in the marketplace based on emotion. And I think that might even be pertinent when, when you talk about, well, the last few years, you know, we've had relatively low interest rates and now suddenly we're, we're double that, more than double that. And to, to compare those to each other and say, well, yeah, it's not too bad though, compared to what it used to be. 
really doesn't do anything but make you feel good because you still got to make the math work. Um, we're talking with Chris Barron here. I'm writing things down. I shouldn't do that while I'm trying to talk. We're talking with Chris Barron, AgView Solutions. We're going to talk about some of those line items, cost increases that he was talking about a little bit earlier. As we wrap up this afternoon's AgriTalk, I'm glad you've joined us today. Stick around. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. AgriTalk is brought to you by the Conservation at Work video series. Farmer to Farmer, the Conservation at Work video series features real stories, real successes, real quick. See what's possible at farmers.gov slash conservation. Radio, Davis Michelson here. AgriTalk, thanks for joining. Chris Barron is my guest today. Uh, let's talk turkey. Chris, you talked about some line item cost increases that you wanted to discuss. Let's get to that. Yeah, I was just going to really hit on a couple of the, you know, the top of the line ones, which, you know, your number one, typically the number one line item expense tends to be land. Mm -hmm. And what we've seen there is about a, as of right now, and there's a lot of land rents, at least that that we're familiar with that are not set yet because they're, um, still in the process of negotiating uh, more so than what we've normally seen, Ooh, but we're seeing a about a 13. Yeah. Go on. Yeah. It's about a 13 to 14% price increase over the oh. prior year. You know, okay. there's, there's, there's ranges there. I mean, we've seen some that are as much as 80, 90 bucks an acre increase in the, <clears throat> in the middle of the country, you know, middle of the corn belt or whatever. And we've seen um, quite a few that have stayed, you know, the same. Um, but on average, it's about right at about 13% right now, about 37 bucks an acre is kind of the average. So that just gives you a little bit of a perspective, um, <clears throat> again, over, over a large sample size. And then the other big line item is, you know, your second largest line item expense is machinery and equipment. And, um, you know, over the last two years, we've seen about a 24% price increase on new machinery, which has also elevated the value of the used stuff. And so for those who are trading used for newer used and those who are trading for, you know, used to new, um, we've seen a pretty big price increase or a cost increase on a per acre basis for a lot of our uh, clients. Um, it to the tune on average of about 14 bucks an acre uh, for a corn, soybean, wheat operation. Um, you know, you can find exceptions to that where it's significantly higher if somebody hasn't updated for a long time and now all of a sudden they're updating a bunch of stuff and they're playing catch up. Um, this is a great time 
um, for some people to trade just because the used stuff's worth quite a bit, especially if you use stuff in good shape. Mm-hmm. Um, the challenge is, is getting a hold of what you want to get a hold of in a timely manner. That's, that's the big thing. Um, you know, and parts and that kind of stuff is quite a bit more, but I guess the other line item that, that is notable too, that we've seen a, a fairly steep price increase on is what we call return to management. And that's just all your overhead expenses, right? It's, 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 um, paying the electric bill. It's, it's, you know, little Bobby's car that he, that the farm paid for and, you know, and, and the farm pickups and all the extra stuff that a lot of times people forget to put in their cost of production. You add in all that overhead stuff, and we've seen about a about an eight percent increase from last year. And the prior year, it was about almost a twenty percent increase. So, you know, year over year, adding those two years together, we're looking at, you know, about a twenty-seven to twenty-eight percent um, production cost increase. Um, and that that ends up, you know, our clients are somewhere in that eighty-five to ninety dollars an acre. I was you know, just did a couple farms here recently, and it's not uncommon to have a farm, you know, have more than a hundred dollars an acre in overhead costs. Mm. Um, you know, it's pretty easy to hit that number. So just being cognizant, knowing those numbers, but, but, uh, inflation is not done yet. I don't, I don't think it, it looks to me like we're still, we're still paying more. And then, you know, you're the fertilizer expert and, and I'm mm. sure you're seeing the same things we're seeing there. Um, some of the operations, it's a really big increase if they got stuff bought cheaper last year, um, you know, yeah. pay me now, pay me later, you know, and, right. and some people have tried to try to cut back, but be careful what you cut back on because, um, the fastest way to lower your cost production is increase yield. So be careful to, to cut the things that, that, uh, don't impact yield directly. If it's something that's going to impact yield positively, that's a quick way to lower your cost. So you got to be careful on all these line items. Say that again, the fastest way is, the fastest uh, way to lower your cost of production is increase production. Wow. The fastest That's a way one. to lower your cost of production, increase yield. So, you know, yield is number one. It's a three-part mm-hmm. equation, right? You know, it's it's your production, which is number one. Number two is marketing to the bottom line, impact. You know, on, on this show, you'd like to think marketing is number one, but actually production is... <laughs> When, when we look at the impact to the bottom line, production is always number one. Number two is how well did you do marketing? And then number three is cost management. And, and essentially in that order, um, it's usually how we see it. So there wow, can be exceptions that, to that, but that's pretty typical. That is some absolute horse sense right there, man. That's a, that's a nugget and a half. Um, and and one other thing that fascinates me about your approach and I think is so prudent is the idea that you take everything. Now, when you talk about, oh, you're paying for Bobby's car, you're paying the electric bill, you're paying for machinery, you're doing all this, you you drill that right down to a per acre cost, right? Yeah, and a, and a per bushel cost is really, you know, we look at how many bushels does it take for every line item. We look at what is it on a per bushel cost and what is it as a percent of cost relative to all of the other items so that you have a proper perspective from one year to the next. I'm not a big fan of benchmarking. I like, unless you're going to benchmark against yourself because everybody's mm-hmm. different, you know, so that, that makes it so important to get the numbers dialed in correctly. Uh, that's why we use profit manager to do that is, is get those numbers in. And then, um, you know, it's, it's kind of like, you know, put all your eggs in one basket and watch that basket really close, you know, and that's kind of, 
kind of kind of the theme here, I guess, is is uh, these opportunities are pretty big right now. It's pretty fun. Um, a lot of times it's easier to to not push numbers when when there's gravy on top of everything, but uh, when it gets lean, then every, a lot of times you know we're more popular when when uh, you know we're not quite you know cost of production is higher than than where the commodity price mm. is, but now's the time to, to crunch the numbers and and really make sure you're maximizing that opportunity. Absolutely, and growers can reach out to you at AgViewSolutions.com, correct? Yep, AgViewSolutions.com. Look us up, give us a shout, no problem. Chris Barron. We also uh, have a... Go on, yep. I was going to say, we also have the AgView pitch, too, so if anybody wants to listen to our podcast, we have a lot of business stuff on there, too. So, Can they find that at the website as well? Yep, that's there too. Or you can just go on Apple or any any podcast link, and and the Ag View Pitch is our podcast. So love to have that's, listeners on there too. That's outstanding. You want to soak in some horse sense that will help your bottom line. Go to AgViewSolutions.com. Chris Barron from AgView Solutions. We've got the free for all tomorrow morning. I will talk to you then. Agritalk.